Hi! Welcome to Debbie Talks and Debauchery, a book discussion podcast where two best friends get together to drink tea and talk about YA novels. That's right, we are rebranding! No longer will we be filthy degenerates who drink alcohol, but civilized debutantes who sit tea and then spew debaucherous obscenities talking about bad enemies to lovers plots in YA fiction. I'm Michelle. And I'm Raina. In this episode, we're going to be discussing The Hearts We Sold by Emily Lloyd-Jones. It's a YA urban fantasy about a girl named Nina who makes a deal with a demon and gives up her heart in exchange. As usual, we discuss all content from the book, so there will possibly be mentions of child abuse, allusions to rape, and body horror. Let's get into it! What did you think of it? You know, you texted me when you finished it and you were like, it's fine. And I went into it, like, very disheartened because of that. Well, I was already a little ways into it, I think. But, you know, it was fine. It was slightly better than fine for me, at least. Like, are you trying to think of good things or bad things? No, I'm just trying to think, you know, it was... I'm trying to, like, think of a way to describe that it was, like... I don't know what I'm saying. Apparently I'm really distracted. (laughs) I mean, what I said in my text was, it was enjoyable... Would I read it again? No. Oh, no, I wouldn't read it again. But there's a lot of books I wouldn't read again. Like, if I'm comparing this to The Girl in the Well, where I think when I read The Girl in the Well, I said something like... The Girl from the Well? Oh, right. The Girl from the Well. When I read it, I said something like, no, I wouldn't read it again. It was like a three-star read. But I didn't regret spending that time on it because I enjoyed it while I read it. And this was close to that. Maybe slightly less, but like pretty close to that. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I regret it, but, like, I don't know, it was just, it was fine. (laughs) (laughs) Someday we are going to read, well, you know, we kind of had that with Not Even Bones. Yeah. But, like, someday we're going to read something where we both just, like, go, (sighs) new favorite book ever! Yeah. Okay, let's talk about things that we liked. Yes. Okay, things that we liked. Literally the first thing I wrote down was I liked the the quote in the beginning. (laughs) I think then I was, like, trying to, like... I just started it, and I was like, well, Michelle didn't like it, or I don't actually don't remember the timeline here, but... I didn't say I didn't like it. But, but I was like, well, I gotta write down good things. And so I liked the quote at the beginning, which was, what if I told you I'm incapable of tolerating my own heart? By Virginia Woolf. Hooray. So, your first good thing to say about it is something that another author said. I'm just trying to be positive. <laughs> I have, I have something that I liked. Okay, what? Okay, this is like way later in the book. But they're talking about um, where demons go. And James says, There are places in every major city where demons are known to frequent. The place you go to sell a limb. In New York City, there is a bar. In Rome, there is a church. In Vegas, there is a casino. And in Portland, defrompted, James let out a heavy breath. There is a farmer's market. That, that was good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was really good. I liked Grandma. Yeah. Grandma was great. I... I liked Grandma, and also at some at some points, I was like, okay, they're really laying on the quirky roommate uh, trope here strong. Um, I don't remember what part it was that, like, I was like, okay, this is coming on real strong. Her first introduction, I was like, oh no. I, I actually didn't mind that as much. I just can't find it in here now. Apparently I didn't even write down a page number. But anyway, at some point I was like... Sometimes it's too quirky. Another thing I was thinking about Grandma was just like, I don't know, the trope of the quirky friend. I was like, whenever I think of that trope, I always think of now, for some reason, I think of like two polar opposites of like good and bad. I think of the friend in Let's Talk About Love, who played a similar role. 
but like terrible. <laughs> and I think of Karu's best friend in um, Daughter of Smoke and Bone. Starts with a Z. Is it Susanna? It's Susanna, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. She's like a great example of the quirky best friend. But they all play the same role in the story, you know? Mm. I don't know why I was thinking about that, but that's what I always think about when like yeah. they have the like quirky, cool best friend. But Grandma was cool. Yeah. I liked her. There were parts to her that I really liked, and then there were parts to her where I was like, eh. Like what? Like, the whole, like, tearing apart teddy bears and, like, sewing them back together. I kind of liked that. Like, I was fine with it, but they never, like, addressed it. It was like, just a quirky trait. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, like, let's say I went and I was in college again. And I was in a dorm, and my roommate liked tearing apart stuffed bears and sewing them back together. I think at some point I would be like, hey, why do you like doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she did say it. Maybe it was just isn't part of the story. Or when did you start doing this? <laughs> it's kind of a cool hobby. Yeah. I mean, I do it. It's kind of fun. Like making little homunculuses. Yeah. Parallels between Grema. And the demons who make nasty little homunculuses about, like, what's happening there? I've connected the dots. I'm sure that was the author's intention. I've connected Grandma the dots. Grandma was a demon the whole time. Exactly. I like her name, too. Grandma. Mm. It's very funny. I literally just read th- this the other day, and I'm having trouble deciphering some of my notes on this one. Oh, I know what it was. I liked the response to the demons arriving. There was, like, all the internet theories and, like, people being super paranoid about it. And I remember there was at least one part about, like, people having guns to protect themselves from the demons. I wrote that down, but I don't remember what what was happening there. I think she was just talking about it. Yeah. But, um, I think, on a whole, like, the best part of this book for me was just the concept behind it. Every Like, the world building part of it was really cool. The idea that there are, like these portals and for some reason the demons want to destroy them and they're figuring out different ways to do so and like you said the world's response and selling hearts and selling body parts i thought all of that was super super cool Mm -hmm. i really liked the reveal that like their daemon um that their daemon was like the outlier who realized it was much better to just take hearts from the humans and, like, contract them instead of rip off their body parts and make, like, a nasty homunculus creature. Yeah. And that the other ones were like, you're stupid for doing that. But, um, I liked that. That was a cool reveal. You know, there were some decently cool reveals in the book. Mm-hmm. That one was good. It was genuine. I mean, like, it wasn't that shocking, but it was a interesting scene to read and maybe maybe jarring is a better word at least jarring for the characters when cal died but like you can see that coming a mile away but still you knew that they weren't just gonna be like oh yeah by the way these yarn hearts like nothing yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) or or have a character be like if it dies you die yeah i was sad when cal died though i liked cal i didn't really emotionally Uh, connect i didn't really i was hoping that cora would die (laughs) i liked cora (laughs) At least in the beginning, then she got annoying. Yeah. I got, um, I didn't get very emotionally connected to any of the characters, honestly. They didn't really, they were just parts of the story. I think one of the things I liked the most is actually the ending. I guess we're already jumping to the ending. <sighs> because I really liked the ending. I liked that James didn't come back to life magically. You know, it was, I will admit, it was a good romance plot that I didn't hate. 
You know, it's interesting that you say that because my least favorite part of this book was the romance. Really? Yeah. Tell me more. I hated it. Tell me more. I thought James was way too perfect. And so obviously I come from a background where I resonated strongly with what Dee was going through. I mean, I wasn't going to bring it up. (laughs) Why does, like, that come up in, like, several episodes? It's almost like young adult novels are trying to help you get through something or something. Imagine that. Anyway, continue. (laughs) Anyway. So yeah, as someone who's been through that stuff before, people don't just magically always say exactly what you need to hear. They don't magically know. Like, there were specific parts even where she would say in the book, he just knew that I didn't want to be touched right now. And that just drove me wild because people don't know people say things all the time and they mess it up and they have no idea that they're even doing it because they don't know exactly what you went through mm-hmm. and that's just like part of what you have to like go through to heal but there was james was just too perfect he never said anything wrong her dog just sneezed it's important to know it is her name is dante start a fan club <laughs> um so yeah That really, really bothered me. And then when they went into the portal, maybe you can help me understand this. So going back to the ending, they went into the portal. James had brought his heart in order to give to Dee to get him, to get them out or to get her out. My issue was they ignore people if they don't have a heart. So the only reason they were being attacked by those monsters is because James had smuggled the heart into the portal. They even said that right before they went in. The daemon was like, oh, they won't attack you because you don't have a heart. And then they were attacking them, and I was like, hmm, that's weird. And then James pulls out his heart, and I'm just like, why? (laughs) Yeah. Big plot hole there. If he hadn't brought his heart then the timer wouldn't have been destroyed and they would have just, like, gotten out of there scot-free. But instead, he, like, gave Dee his heart and she gets shucked out into the real world. And then you cap off this everything is perfect and James is so great thing by, oh, he had a brain tumor the whole time. And for some reason, he can't find another demon and give him, like, an arm or something in exchange for his brain tumor being taken away. Good point. Lots of plot holes there. Yeah. Lots of plot holes. Also, they never, like, teased the idea that someone else's heart could work in your chest. Yeah. Like, I feel like they should have at least, I don't know, because who, how would he have known that it wouldn't have just completely rejected Dee's body? And then at the end, Dee is like, oh, just give Cora my heart. Like, it was- They're just swapping all over the place. (laughs) It's really not that big of a deal. Riley, not Cora. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Riley. I feel like- that would have been a little bit more special if it had been like, oh, they were in love and therefore James was able to give her his heart. Mm-hmm. Instead of just like, a, oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that I saying that I liked the romance is a strong word to use. I think it's more that I just didn't mind it. And that's honestly, that's pretty big. Because romance often... Straight. <laughs> Not to say it, but, you know, often detracts from a book for me just because I'm not super interested in it. And I wasn't really interested in this, but I didn't hate it. I, you know, it's probably because it was so inoffensive. 
They yeah. were they were just nice together. There wasn't anything that made me go yikes, which I don't like it when they, things make me go yikes. Like <laughs> children of <laughs> blood and bone. <laughs> In fact, also let's talk about love. <laughs> but um, and I like the ending. I liked that it wasn't like rah rah happy ever after. Like the ending of Children of Blood and Bone that didn't last into Children of Virtue and Vengeance. Just saying. More books should have the plot where the love interest dies and then doesn't magically come back to life for some reason. And I was like, wow, they actually just killed him. Cool. And I like that he gave Riley his apartment and paid the rent for two years. I did like that. That was really sweet. He was just a nice dude. How do you feel about there being a sex scene? Oh, yeah. I was just uh... a... I mean, it was pretty mild as far as sex scenes go. It's a young adult novel. Yeah. I wasn't really, like, I guess at that point I wasn't expecting it. Because she was like, oh, I don't know about, like, kissing you. And they were making out, like, every other page at that point. <laughs> I know, but it went, like, bing, bam, boom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was one other thing that, like, I didn't like very much, or at least just kind of irked me, was that so much time passed in the book, but they didn't show it very well. Like, right at the end, they said something like, they, they mentioned, we've known each other for months now, you know? The book was not effective at showing that months had passed. Not even a quick, like, oh, the fall leaves had turned into snow falling. No, the book was just so fast and suddenly, and it, the, there just wasn't enough, like, development with the characters, you know, getting to know each other. It just didn't, it didn't feel like months. It felt like she had known them for a couple of weeks, Yeah, you know? A part that I thought was really funny was when she was like, why do you think I'm kind to James? And James' response was, when I met you, you thought I was homeless and you wanted to give me money to go on a bus. That was kind and of it was funny. supposed to be like a serious scene. Like, a, oh, he remembers the first time that they met, but I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> Another scene that I thought was really funny that I wrote down, I don't remember what it is, but I wrote it down, so I'm going to find it. I wrote down page 294, frumpy, and I don't know what that means. I love when we write down completely incomprehensible notes. And I'm like, oh, I'll know what this means later. Oh, I know exactly what this was. The scene where James drives up to pick her up and he's wearing, like, a straw trilby. And she absolutely, like, that, sorry, that scene was hilarious. Because she's like, absolutely not. You know, that was like the censure for James being like, quote unquote, perfect. Because her reaction to that. No, but her reaction to that is, he knew I would be nervous. And so he wore something that would distract me. And it just drove me wild. I don't even remember that. that. I was so caught up in the whiplash of him wearing a straw hat. And I imagined like a straw hat, like a farmer would wear. And then he says it was a trilby, like a fedora. And I'm like, what the fuck? He's wearing a straw fedora. And then, like, I was like, disgusting. (laughs) Small detail that I liked. Took place in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Excellent. I always love it when a book takes place in my hometown. Yeah. I don't know why I felt the need to write this down, like, at all. (laughs) What did you write for Frumpy? Riley came over and sat on the opposite couch. Even sweaty with rumpled hair and no makeup, she was still beautiful. Between Riley and Grandma, do you felt the tiniest bit frumpy? <laughs> Why did you write that down? I think it was because I was, like, kind of annoyed at, like, the... I don't know. They were just doing so well with the no comparisons between the girls like that. 
And then it stood out to me when it was like suddenly she was just talking about her looks. I thought she compared herself to Cora too at one point. Because I remember writing down that I was um, maybe gonna... I was like, ooh, a hint of shipping her and Cora. <laughs> because, you know. Yeah, she did the same thing when um, Cora came in. When Cora walked in, she said... Um, she was pretty, with dark skin and smooth hair that sent a pang of yearning through D. That was the part where I was like, gay? A pang of yearning? Anyway, ignore That's that. That's just a normal thing. Ignore that! that. Think about it. <laughs> she tried straightening her hair a few times, but her stubborn curls refused to flatten. Self-consciously, D ran a hand through her bushy hair and glanced down at her own clothes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Cora ran over and, like, hugged her and it was super nice. And I was like, oh, I love Cora! It ended and then very Cora, quickly. Yeah. I don't get why Cora got so upset about it. Okay, I guess I do kind of get it, but also I don't. Yeah. Also, they got the best fucking deal ever. Literally the best deal ever. You get two years of not aging. Yeah. Where, like, you just get transported to, like, wherever the portal needs to be taken care of, so you don't even have to worry about, like, getting yourself there. And like you have to risk your life, but like whatever. I would make I would make D's deal in a heartbeat because she got her thing lasts for a while. She said that she got enough money that she could pay for not only her boarding school but also college tuition and maybe grad school. You know that's a fuck ton of money. Yeah, it is. But you know what's really fucked up is it's maybe a year of university. What do you mean? I mean that the school system in America is so fucked. She sold two years of her life and she can maybe pay to go all the way to her grad school. Yeah, but she could at least get all of, like, university paid for. But that means that, like, just for two years you can get a fuck ton of money from this guy. Yeah, and that's without working. And that's great. Yeah. And you don't age for a little while and there's no repercussions to not having your heart except for in case you, you lose the little knitted thing. But... In none of the examples that any of them just lose it, I'd be more afraid of losing it. Because in, there were only two examples of when something happened to the heart. And one of them, the girl fucking unraveled her own heart. And the second one, Cora threw it in the lake. I would do neither of those things. I'd just be afraid of, like, leaving it somewhere, you know? <laughs> but Got my cell phone, wallet, keys, mask. Oh, fuck, my heart. My, <laughs> my heart. Where the fuck's my heart? But, like, they got definitely the best deal. I'd be worried about dying in, like, some fucking stupid way. Like, oh shit, I left out my heart and Sophie's playing with it. <laughs> Sophie's her cat. Yeah. Another thing that kind of irked me from, like, the very beginning, we were just expected to agree with demons are evil. Mm. The entire time I was like, what are they doing that's evil? You exchange them. A... They're just making deals. Yeah. The person is agreeing to it. They're agreeing. They... I thought maybe at first it was like a, you tell them what they what you want, and then you agree to a deal, and then the, you find out what the demon took from you. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't even that. It was, here, I'll, <laughs> I'll take your leg, and then you'll get to be super, super rich and pretty for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And since you have tons of money anyway, you'll be able to get like a really cool prosthetic. How is that evil? So the entire book, I was just like, I'm not convinced. And then Cora had her mental breakdown. Where she was going crazy, and then there was even more of a disconnect where I was like, why do you care? Like, these people are making educated deals. Mm-hmm. And they kept saying... She's like, you're a monster, you can't do this to anyone else. Yeah. But he didn't do it, he didn't like... Okay, here's one thing though, he was not upfront about the fact that they would be 
going on somewhat life-threatening missions into voids. Yeah. He just said, you have to be my servant for a year. For two years. For two years. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. You, you be my, I, I keep your heart and it means you're in servitude for two years and so you have to do these, like, missions. But when I say that's outright evil... That's no, a, just a little misleading. That's a little skeevy at best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah. then I had that disconnect and the entire time, like, no one's even questioning any of it. It's just accepted across the board. Everybody says demons are evil. Don't make deals with demons. Across the board. And then it finally leads to this, like, oh, maybe demons aren't actually evil. And I'm like, really? Who would have fucking thought? I also was kind of, like, interesting that, like, one of the other reveals was, like, the monsters were, like, Lovecraftian monsters. (laughs) I was like, okay, Lovecraft's Joining the party. (laughs) That was interesting. I did like that. I liked that they were sort of grafting together all the different pieces. I loved that 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 was like one of the reveals was that they were taking the body parts and mushing them together. They must have made like so many deals. Some of the descriptions of those things, I don't have any written down, but like some of them were genuinely a little bit, some of them were genuinely a little bit creepy. Like I remember the big one wasn't really, but I remember some little descriptions of like, a hand comprised of five different fingers from different bodies. That was kind of cool. Yeah. I liked that. I also liked when the demon, they were like walking into the other demons and one of them was like, your servant is speaking to me. And he said, yeah, that's what happened when they have mouths. <laughs> he was pretty good, honestly. Yeah. I liked him. <laughs> one of my early notes was, God, I want to trade my heart for money. <laughs> if only. Money. <laughs> Bro, if you came to me one day and you were like, I made a deal with a demon for money, I'd be like, how can I do that too? We're smart. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to figure out what else I can say before I get to like one of my main things I wanted to talk about. I'll just go with it. So my biggest pet peeve with the book that sort of made it just not as interesting for me was when, when I read like the taglines and descriptions. One of the things that, like, was in it was, like, can she give James her heart when it's no longer hers to give? What is it What is it like to, like, be in love with someone when you don't have a heart? I thought they were gonna, like, actually have her feel different when she doesn't have a heart. But there was literally nothing besides, oh, I don't have a pulse. There was nothing else. I thought it would be, like, I don't know, she has a harder time feeling emotions? Or something! Anything! I was really disappointed in that because I thought it was really, really interesting. And I thought they were going to explore that and like how she could fall in love with someone without a heart. I mean, obviously, your emotions don't come from your heart. That's something, you know, that's... But from the basis of the book, though, that's what they make it seem like Mm -hmm. in that world. Because the demon says you can't enter the portal if you have too much, like, emotional energy or whatever. And he said that when you take out your heart, it makes it so that you can enter the portal and you're not a target. And that, that should have had consequences in real life, too. Yeah, but instead they were just like, oh, you're fine. Mm-hmm. I would have been so much more interested in reading a story where she, like, tried to fall in love with him, but she it was, there was something, like, wrong because she didn't have a heart. And it would have been doubly interesting because, well, I guess he didn't have his heart. He just had it, like, in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Never mind. But, you know, like, <laughs> just holding it. Wasn't bloody. Or was it or was that's it a clean? Good question. What did it look like? Was it just like was it like emptied of all blood? Was it leaking? 
It's like, was it just like a cartoon heart? It was like made of plastic. And then he smushed it into her chest. What if that didn't work? What if he just, just like, like? What if he just like mushed a heart against her 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 chest? And then they both died. Was it like bloody? I need to know this now. Was it bloody no. in his pockets? I'm thinking about it. He put so much risk into taking that heart there. Like, what if that hadn't worked? What if the heart had just gone whoopoom? Like when the rats go in, they get like shunted out, like yeah. punted, punted out. What if like he walked in and immediately the heart had just flung from his pocket, it just ripped out of his backpack? Also, when they found the hearts in like the what? He came out the portal and the demons just see this heart skitter along the tiles. Oh, beautiful. I need that scene. But like when they went to see, when they first saw their disembodied hearts in the bank vault, didn't they describe how the hearts were like in some kind of water in a vase? Like yeah. they were floating? Yeah. Was that important? When he got his heart bag. Was it not important to, like, keep it in some kind of solution? You just carry it around raw in his pocket? My god, you've opened my eyes to this to this loophole, and now I can't think of anything else. <laughs> this book has too many loopholes. Also, though, when they're, like, in that Not loopholes, sorry. Plot holes. There's, like, tons of different hearts, right? And we know now that it doesn't matter which heart you take. You can just take any fucking heart, even though it has your emotions and stuff, you can just take any heart. You just take any heart. So they could have just, like, stuck their fist in that face and just slammed it into their chest and could have just walked out of there. Yeah, they could have. No consequences. Well, I mean, the demon might have hunted them. The demon might have done something to them. But he didn't seem like the type of guy to, like, kill them for that, you know? He'd be like, damn. Fucked up. (laughs) Pretty rude, bro. Mm -hmm. You'd think that it'd be easier for him to get people to agree to his deal. Because he'd let- because he'd be like, literally it doesn't affect you to lose your heart. You're still alive. Yeah. You know? But I guess, I don't know, people want instant gratification. They don't want to have to be in servitude for two years. They just want their shit now. Why couldn't James give his heart back? Or take his heart, right? Mm-hmm. And then be like, I'll give you my heart to the, like, to the dame and be like, I'll give you my heart for two years if you take away this brain tumor. Didn't, didn't he say he asked him about that? No, it was once he already had the heart. Get rid of my brain tumor. Maybe the brain tumor made him stupid. That feels like a bad thing to say. <laughs> You're gonna get cancelled for that. <laughs> and it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it takes care of all of the <laughs> this, There is something about this episode that is truly different. <laughs> and we're drinking tea! Yeah. We're not even inebriated. This book is just so easy to poke fun at. I don't it know. Is. What it is. It is. It's the first book, it's really the first book we've read where it's like, it didn't make us angry, Yeah. but we didn't love it. And so we're just laughing at it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. If you want a good laugh. we No, do not tell them that. <laughs> Reading the book is not a good laugh. It's genuinely not funny. It's not... It, there's, like, some humorous lines. It's not a funny book. Mm-hmm. It is then after you read it and you think about the plot holes, it is then funny. <laughs> oh, okay, here's another thing that irritated me. Was not just James. Everyone was a little bit stupid. It annoyed me how they never questioned stuff, and it took them too long to understand things. They were questioning, like, the weird things. They weren't questioning the important things. I wrote down a page. Cora was saying, this was, like, closer to the end of the book. 
where she was, where Cora was saying, that thing, that homunculus, it could enter the void because it was built of parts, but not human. Rats try to enter the void, but they can't. Nothing living can enter the void. That's what the demon said. We living, feeling beings cannot enter them. They can't enter the voids, but we can? What does that make us? And it's like, why didn't you question this before? Why did it take this long to realize, oh, the rats can't go in the void. They get shunted out. We're all heartless. Clearly, he doesn't just pick someone random off the street. He picks all of us to go in because we're heartless. And now you're just realizing, oh my god, what does that make us? Heartless! <laughs> Duh! Like, I, I don't you know. You don't have a pulse! <laughs> exactly! And then, and then, right after that, Dee says, or the, the next two lines are, Dee's reply died on her lips. She, she hadn't thought about that. She didn't want to think about that. And that's at the end of the book. Well, end is a strong word. It was like a hundred and fifty pages out from yeah. the end. But still, it was after a decent amount of time had happened. And that's just like... They were just it's high so annoying. the whole time. Another one! Literally on the previous page, Dee says, after after they had all that horrible thing, meeting the homunculus and stuff, like they finally realized what the other demons are doing with the parts. And James asks her how she... how she Is she alright? And Dee says, I'm fine. Not entirely a lie. I never wondered what the demons did with those parts, she added, more quietly. I feel stupid somehow for not questioning. Yes. <laughs> to be fair, if a demon gave me a lot of money for my arm, I'd be like, it's your arm. Like, why would I care if they built a homunculus about I mean, I wouldn't care. Yeah. But, like, I would at least question what they were doing with it. I mean, I would be like... Why do you put so much value on my arm? But it wouldn't stop. Like, I, it would be this sort of thing where I'd say yes, and then, like, I'd be like, hmm, I wonder what the demon used my arm for, but I wouldn't really care. Still, that, just, that whole page just annoyed me, because that was like, they're, they're, they're taking so long. And then they're just coming up with the wrong conclusions, like Cora being like, he's a monster. You know what drove me wild? At the end of the book, or not at the end end, but when they find out about this, like, mega portal or whatever. Yeah. Cora is like, oh, I'm getting my heart back right before. And then she just nopes out of the story. Yeah. And she had this fucking, like, big, long, oh, I'm going fucking crazy. What did he do to me? I can't take this anymore. And then you find out, like, two days later she's getting her heart back. Just wait out the fucking clock at that point. And then she literally just leaves the story. She's like, Bye. (laughs) She's like, good luck, though. Sorry, I killed someone. <laughs> she did. She li- Also, that was I feel over. like I, it was really glossed over, and I feel like I missed something. Why did she have Cal's knitted heart? Because Cal very valiantly put his jacket over her because she was <sighs> cold, and then she reached into the pocket and was like, fuck this, and then yeeted it into her, and he like, died. Cora is worse than the daemon. Yes. The daemon did, like, nothing. You know, he was a bit skeevy. Yeah. Maybe he lied a little bit. She literally murdered Cal. Straight up murdered him. And then they were all like, that's okay. Like, if you're gonna do an experiment with the knitted heart, maybe use your own. Yeah. That's horrible. That okay, totally would I help her in the moment when we thought that the daemon might kill her? Yes. But would I give her, like, a fucking earful? At the very least, would I yell at her a little bit about taking someone's life into her own hands? Mm-hmm. Just because she thinks that her life isn't worth living doesn't mean that Cal felt the same way. Also, the daemon didn't even do anything after that. Yeah. He's such a monster, but, like, she killed one of his, you know, contractees. 
And then he did. He's like, what a shame. He didn't even like, like I don't know, kill Cora for it or something. You know, yeah. he didn't like punish her. But Which he's I so feel evil. like he should have. He's so evil. Um, I liked Riley a lot. Riley was a fun character who was introduced later, and I liked her a lot. She was cool. I liked that she and Grandma got together. That was sweet too. I liked the ending. Another part of the ending when um, she went back to her family's house and with Grandma. They were all together, like. Grandma Riley and Della. Sorry, I meant when she went back to her family's house to, like, oh, get her stuff. And then oh. you're like, they were all together. <laughs> her and her abusive parents. For one last time. Until Grandma threatened them with an axe. But I like that scene. I like that she did that. There was one part that I read that I actually really, really, really liked. There's this one part about the familial abuse where I literally wrote, oh my god, it's me. Oh god. Dee is talking to James about her family, and um, it says, Her stomach twisted. My parents didn't... Well, I'm not sure they did kick me out. I almost wish they had, said Dee. Like, maybe if they really did kick me out, then it would mean I wasn't overreacting. But maybe they're right. Maybe it isn't as bad as I think it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they, like, hit the nail on the head with that. Mm -hmm. I read that, and I was shook. (laughs) I wrote early in my notes that I was like... Unfortunately, uh, Dee's, like, family situation was, like, realistic, you know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't, like, a horrible Dickensian sort of childhood where she's, like, beaten to a pulp every day, you know? Mm-hmm. It was a uncomfortably realistic, like, bad childhood, you know? Yeah. I'm not trying to say anything here. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it made for, like, you know, it was, it, it made, it made it more, um... Almost a little too familiar. <laughs> yes. No, you know, it, it made it more... It made the book more compelling, because it yeah. was like... It was like whiplash for me. I'd be like reading this book, and then it'd be like, maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> James is like shoving his meaty heart against Dee's chest, and it's not working. And then it's like, the family abuse parts, and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> That's what really got you. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was gonna find there was like a speech that Grandma gave at the very end that I liked. It was right after she had gotten back. I liked that she was like, you know, really fucked up for a little while. Yeah. Because that was a horrible experience. Um Mostly because of Cora. Yeah. Hashtag shame. <laughs> I liked um Grandma's little speech. She was like, You learn a lot in human science classes. What was she was she like studying to be like a scientist or a doctor? Is that why she cut the bears up? I feel like they didn't specifically say anything about it, <clears throat> but maybe I'm wrong. Um, she's like, fear is one of the strongest human emotions. It serves an important biological function, mainly ensuing that we as a species don't get eaten alive by saber-toothed tigers. Fear keeps us alive. Fear has its downsides. I'm like paraphrasing here. And then Grandma says, "Is like, I don't get scared. I mean, I can get scared, but I don't really have to. My parents own a mansion in Seattle, and after I came out, they were fine with it. I mean, I found in their browser history they googled how to be a supportive parent to a gay kid. She shook her head in fond amusement. Some kids tried to bully me in middle school, but I pushed one out of a window. That's how I ended up at Brannigan. Point is, my life is pretty good. I don't get scared because I didn't grow up thinking there was much to be afraid of. And then she continues on to say, the human body isn't designed to withstand that much fear on a daily basis. That's why soldiers have PTSD. You go through constant terror for too long and it screws you up chemically. And then she invites her to her beach house. Anyway, I just liked that speech from Grandma. I I thought it was sweet. And I liked that they went to a beach house together and had fun. Yeah. I like that nothing scarring happened with, like, her being gay. Yeah. Absolutely not. And they yeah. didn't even kill either <clears throat> the, the two gay characters. 
Riley had no sort of like trauma, you know, she was just like, I want the money for my surgery. But there was no, and if if I'm remembering correctly, there was nothing like, oh, my family is like absolutely horrible. And I, you know, was there like, was there anything like that? Not that I I mean, she was like living with friends, but there was no like over the top, like, we have to make them suffer, you know? Yeah. And they didn't die. I forgot that Riley was even trans. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, the two, the two gay characters, they didn't die. They had a happy ending. Yeah. That was my last note. No dead gays, lol. Yeah. That was my last note. I'm like, supernatural, am I right? We're not. (laughs) This is immediately dating the episode. You know how far ahead we are recording? That's how how far ahead we're recording. Last night, Destiel became canon. (laughs) It didn't even become canon. But the memes, they're so good. Maybe that's why we're a little bit nutty right now. The election and, like, Destiel has... It's just been, like... It's ruined our brains. They're mush. Yeah. They're mush. I'd agree my brain is mush. But not because of that. (laughs) Just in general. Just normal state of being for me. Okay. And that wraps up the discussion. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to find us, we're on Twitter, at DebbieTompPod. Let us know what you thought of the book. Did you agree with us? Did you disagree? What books would you like us to discuss next? You can also find us on anchor.fm slash debutantes and dash debauchery and on our website, debutantesanddebaucherypodcast.blogspot.com. Our next episode will actually be coming out on Christmas. That was a coincidence. It wasn't intentional for us to do a Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. But because it's coming out on Christmas, we'll be reading the holiday thriller Five Total Strangers by Natalie D. Richards. As usual, that will be out in three weeks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. It stood out to me. <laughs> <laughs>